and we were rolling on all of that because it's, you know, the Shooting USA podcast. That's how it goes. That's how it goes sometimes. From the SHOT Show 2020, this time it is my distinct pleasure to welcome Paul Spitali and JB Justin Baldini from Colt. We have the hottest wheel gun on the market right now. There is more buzz right now about the Python than I can remember about anything in a long, long time. Guys, congratulations on that. Thank you. It's a beautiful thing. The people who follow the social media for Shooting USA and for me know that we were at Gunsight at the Trusted Media event to try this gun out. I, I am really, really excited for you guys. It, it feels great. Uh, you know, especially when you see for the first time when people pull that double action trigger and they feel, you don't have to really say anything. They're just overwhelmed with, wow, that is the nicest double action trigger I've ever felt on a Colt. And, and it's genuine. And yeah. when, when that happens, it's such a special thing for us, that, uh, that connection with the consumer. And, uh, you know, you saw it or, or felt it yourself. And um, a lot of work went into this gun. We wanted it to look like the old Pythons. We had to, you know, we wanted it to have the same kind of classic lines. But more importantly, we wanted it to perform in a different way. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, Justin done a, a tremendous job in, in working with their engineering teams as well and trying to make this what it is. Um, some of the key features on the gun, it was really about keeping the aesthetic but bringing into a really a nicer action, using a leaf spring action, but doing some things like we've never done in the past on pythons, like recessing the crown. This is a one-piece barrel, but to recess the crown on a bar stock barrel, it's not a sleeve. It's really a well-done gun, protects that rifling. And do some things like we did on the Cobra, where just with a simple Allen key, the consumer can change out of sight. It's, number one, it's, it's a brilliant marketing strategy to look at the history of a company, look at guns that have a historical significance, and then apply modern machining and modern capability to those marks and bring them out or re-release them. Okay. And... In the case of the Cobra and the King Cobra, very, very successful. I think we're leveraging that again here, and we're taking even greater advantage of modern machining technology. Exactly. D- definitely. On the, on the Cobra and the King Cobra, you know, it's not that anybody was going out and asking for a new King Cobra, let's say, but there were a lot of people who really just wanted to get back into a Colt double action 357 small concealable revolver. And uh, when we came back out with those, it was... It was less historical, more just, you know, modern shooter, really what they're they're looking for. This one's kind of both. This one, now we're deep into the history of, of you know, a tr- true Colt legacy product um, combined with, you know, taking those shootability, those sort of modern shooters features like the interchangeable front sight, like, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a reapportioned uh, walnut grips. And taking that and applying it to really a product that already had a tremendous history behind it. I mean, we, we joke about, I mean, not a show went by, whether it be Great American or NRA show or SHOT Show, not a show went by. We were just inundated with people in the booth telling stories about, you know, maybe they passed on a Python or maybe they got a Python, right. maybe they inherited one, maybe they maybe they bought one and they cannot let go of it and they've had it for 40 years. So for us, it's I mean, this is this is as good as it gets. This is a great moment. It's fun. It's a, it is an exciting time. The buzz went through social media like absolute wildfire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the day that the embargo was lifted, yeah. I saw all of the other content that creators were doing, guys that were there when we were there, yeah. and girls. And 
I knew at that time that what I was doing was very different from everybody else. Mm. And I, I have great respect for everything everybody else did and does. I mean, the product speaks for itself. Yeah. The event speaks for itself. But what I told in the form of the story, I think, is how I view this product. And I had a unique opportunity that people might have picked up on and might not have to have held Jim's original Python when in the studio. And because of constraints and availability at that time, one of the new guns wasn't available, but the original was. And at that point, I was kind of took a moment to run through the trigger a little bit and the trigger on the new gun that's the first question everybody asks how's the trigger compared to an old gun and i can say i have an old one here it is the trigger on the new gun is night and day it is light years better yeah it holds up no no question about that i I, you know we had a couple people uh shooting on monday who who really were were, they're they're trying to think really hard and kind of remember back and and um and when you put them side by side and you shoot them, it, it's there. It holds up. And, yep. and, uh, and not only that, but really the consistency of the, is the story here. The, the consistency of having a, a, a ratchet that's actually not hand-filed, that's actually CNC machined and it's consistent and smooth, gives you six trigger pulls that are that are as close to identical as you can get versus an old Python, which had, you know, a lot of the hand-filing that was done actually had more to do with the, the machining technology that was available in 1955 when it was designed and, and uh, first manufactured, then it then it really has to do with any sort of uh, any sort of uh, you know I don't want to take away from the craftsmanship, but it, it was really more about that. It wasn't sure. about it wasn't about that that people wanted something that was hand filed. It was that well, that's how you made it back then. Uh, you know, whereas now there's there's really better options. I'd love to hear. I would love to have been a fly on the wall at the media day or at the range event yesterday mm, just to was, hear some reactions. Oh, yeah. it, was, it was unbelievable. It was well, like I said, most of it was you didn't even have to say anything. The minute they pulled the trigger and they turned and looked at you with that face yeah. and said, oh, oh my now God, I, get it. I can't yeah. believe this. Yeah. And I had one gentleman, you know, he's very calm. He got done, he shot a couple cylinders and he turned to me and said, that is the best production trigger. I, I'm a revolver shooter. I've never felt anything like that. Wow. And I was like, you know, and he from, he was a media person, but he was really a consumer at that moment. He was really right, talking sure. about what he cared about. And um, we went through almost, I don't know, almost 4,000 rounds of ammunition through three yeah. guns. And that's a lot of shooting on those guns. You and, bet. and we went through a lot of ammo out at, at the gun site event, sure. probably close to that. And um, the guns perform. I mean, one of the things we were really, it was important to us, the old pythons were not nearly as strong. We talk about today's metallurgy. These are stronger steels that we're putting in these guns. We've also increased the amount of uh, area on the front strap or the top strap of the gun. From that, and we learned early on when we did the King Cobra, we were test firing that out to like 12,000 rounds of full high power 357 Magnum, and there was no changes or um, stretch in the frame. Mm -hmm. And we knew we had something really special, and we wanted to bring that strength to the Python. So... When you, if you took a Python of old and ran it through that type of rigor, you would probably see some, you know, changes to the structure of the gun. Where today's Python is really built for the long term. And this is, not only is it a, a wonderful double action trigger, but it's built to really hold up for many, many, many decades. It's a great gun. 
I love the idea of carrying on the legacy and making it true to what modern capability, modern technology and steel and manufacturing, yeah. all of that just really works for me. Yeah. One of the things that I was able to include in my story about it is a piece of internal video uh, that I got from Caitlin of a test mule python in the gymnasticator yeah, just yeah. constantly running dry firing yeah. over and over again over 20, that one cycles. was well over 20,000 yeah, cycles yeah. as you guys remember is it is it out of school to talk about how far we've taken that test fixture how far we've taken well, testing well, well i know we took so we took one in the gymnasticator to 40,000 okay. i i can tell you there were a number of them that went up to that 20,000 number and it was really like any time we would as, as, as there were iterations of this, and we went through testing and we went through kind of proving out minor changes, maybe we'd look at something and say, you know what, we could do that better. We'd run it back through it. So a number of guns went through there a number of different ways and a number of different times. But but uh, we did do 12,000 rounds of full 357 when we actually got around to, okay, kind of getting to that final version. Um, we also actually took a gun using just proof loads up to 3,000, 3, which, wow. which was really a... Uh, um, I mean, if you really want to prove the frame out, which is what we were doing, um, that's the way to do it. it, it you know, proof, proof loads, as you know, are, are loaded to, uh, I think it's like 25 or 30% uh, higher pressure right. than the max. Uh, right, plus Sammy. P, plus, plus. plus yeah, Sammy. so, right. yeah. so um, now is that in a fixture? That's not in somebody's hand. That, that Something like that. No, we have, we, a, we have, we have proof fixtures, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, so the guns that are proofed, uh, you know, are all actually proofed in a fixture, so nobody's uh, sitting there pulling the pulling sugar. But, but um, you know, we... we uh, We've done a lot of it now, and, and uh, all those different iterations and all that testing really proved out. In the end, I mean, this thing is built like a tank. We, we, when we talked about it initially, and I, I used the reference to what Ford did with the muscle carrier, they yes. brought it back. They wanted to keep the aesthetic of the Mustang and the lines and the, you know, the rear lights that were similar. But, you know, today's engine and today's power steering and today's, um, you know, cooling systems... And we wanted to take that same type of an approach so that we wanted it to have the same feel when people pick up a python. I've seen people look at them together, and, you know, you've done that with sure. your fathers. It's hard to distinguish the difference between the two. Right. And it, we wanted that to be, that was purposeful, but we also wanted to update certain things on the gun that needed to be updated. And I think we've done that. Yep. And we're really happy about the way it's turned out. So. As part of that media event, we talked about preloading distributors with X number, some yeah. thousands. Yeah. Um, I've had people, friends who have my direct contact information that are retailers who have uh, relationships with distributors, and immediately upon release, questions, when can we get them, when can we get them? Yeah. What do you know they're saying to me? John, what do you know about it? Well, I know this. They made X thousand and put those into distributor channels, ready to go into dealer shelves the weekend that the gun is released. You should be able to see it in your gun store. And, and from what I'm hearing, that was successful. But we might have gone maybe <laughs> a little few too many, too few yeah. maybe. Well, we're we're uh, we're building like crazy in West yep. Hartford. We're yep. uh, you know putting on as many lines as we can to handle the demand. Um, the reality is we've shipped over two thousand pieces into the into the marketplace already. So. Um, we wanted to take that approach because we didn't want consumers, as you know, th there's, there's times where we talk about guns at SHOT Show and then consumers don't see right. it until, you know, May. Can't see it until the summertime. And they might not even yep. see it till late summer. Right. Um, for us, it was important, and, and I think we did a pretty good job. You know, we had the Media Day event in the early part of December, and I think for the most part, and our, our partners, they were really terrific about synchronizing 
when the media was going to talk about it to their constituents on January 1st, when the distributors were going to ship the inventory to retailers. Yep. And all of that seemed to work really um, in a good way. We did that uh, similarly when we launched the uh, competition pistol sure. in 1911, and that, that worked out really well. So uh, we took the same approach. So they're out there. Yeah. That's the thing. Even if your distributor has already sent his out, we're backfilling. We're continuing yeah. to deliver. We are running lines. And uh, the demand, the demand is there. So is there. we're going to hit the supply. It is there. That's yeah, and it, it, it's you know for dealers out there that are trying to get these hand, their hands on these things. I mean, it's pretty simple. Call, you know, get in touch with your distributor, uh, your cold distributor. Um, put it, put in an order. Make sure that you know. I think the mistake a lot of dealers make sometimes is they'll call their distributor. Okay, you don't have any. I'm going to hang up and I'm going to call the next distributor. Right. Well, that's cool. The problem is. You know the distributors kind of making a list, right? And and uh, and the dealers are kind of making a list. And you know, much like other products that are heavily kind of constrained like this, where there's there's not quite enough candy for the class. I you know, you're going to get it. It just might be three weeks from now, or might right. maybe even less. They could be getting a, a, a bunch more tomorrow. So um, you know, make sure you just just get in there, stick it out, put in that order, and then uh, as soon as they get it, it's going to go out the door. There's there's probably not going to be a moment for months where they're just sitting on a distributor shelf kind of not allocated to a, to sure. a dealer already. Well, so. I mean, with this amount of demand right now, this amount of buzz, everybody's yeah. talking about this, those are going to be gone, and, yep. and they should be, and it's an exciting time for people. The big question, though, I think that's following up and one that I have had to sort of deflect a number of times what about a blued finish? Uh, it's definitely on, you know, we don't tell everything that we're going to do. We say right. stay tuned for the Python. People thought we were kidding about that. Right. We're going to bring it. Right. Um, there will be a blued version of a Python at some point in our product roadmap. It may be, um, you know, we're going to catch, we want to catch some of this demand and help customers get a chance to shoot these guns. Sure. Um, but there will be a moment where we're going to have a blued gun. I also think there's going to be a moment for other variations. There might be guns that are, are barrel length differently than four and a quarter and six inch. Um, we have an opportunity, and, and I think we talked a little bit at Media Day, at some point as we roll up for a bigger frame size. You know, right. one of the things I'm really excited about is if, if you know the history of Cold and its snake guns, the sad part of the Anaconda, I never think it, it really didn't get its due because it had a coil spring mechanism that was a little gritty. It didn't have the same kind of trigger or the following that the Python ever had. We think that's a huge opportunity. You know, sure. We've gone naturally. We've got the Cobra, which is a small action gun. We've gone to a standard frame gun. And now to look at potentially a large frame gun yeah. um, with this type of action, that's exciting to us as well. So these are all things that we're considering. and. It's a fun time to be a. It's a fun time to be a media partner with Colt. I can yeah. just say that because yeah. it's exciting to know about these things and to get to help build that that snowball effect that happens when stuff like this gets released. Well, it's it's too. Justin and I and, and yourself, we're all shooters too. So it's yeah. just as exciting for us as yeah. as shooters as it is for us as uh, people that work in the gun industry. It's it's one hundred percent. This was really exciting. I. I uh, so like New Year's Eve, basically, I, I kind of wandered away from my, we had a couple friends over for New Year's Eve and kind of wandered away into the other room to go kind of activate the web pages and do all the things that we kind of needed to do. Sure. Like right at kind of midnight and, and kick everything off for January 1st so that partners could link back to us and everything else. And, uh, and I can tell you it was like, 
it was goosebumps. It yeah. was yeah. it was like we 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 haven't had really had a launch like this in 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 the history of Colt since since I've been there. And I've been there. I got a pretty good run now. And this is my 12th shot show with Colt. And um, I mean, this is this is something special. This is this is a lot different. You know. Good times. I think we hit all the hammers. Yeah. Did we? I think we feel good, good enough. Feel good. I will continue to bring you exclusive content from the 2020 SHOT Show. Stay tuned. Good job, guys. Thanks.